0: Welcome to the Why It Works podcast. I'm Joe Kwan, your host. Together, we'll pull back the curtain to reveal the hidden principles behind why things work. Things work for a reason. Let's find out why. A special thanks to trusted dermatologist and adventurous world traveler, Dr. Kimberly Rule, for supporting the show on Patreon. This episode of Why It Works is brought to you by Rising Star Resumes, a highly rated resume and LinkedIn profile service run by Linda Spiegel. With 14 years of experience in HR, Linda understands how recruiters and hiring managers think when they're looking to hire. Take advantage of this insider intel to take your career to the next level. Find Linda at www.linkedin.com in slash rising star resumes and mentioned the show to receive a free guide from me. Here with us today is Kimberly Davis, an expert on authentic leadership who shares her inspirational message of personal power with organizations across the country and teaches leadership programs worldwide. Kimberly is a TEDx speaker and her award winning book, Brave Leadership, has been named as the number one book to read in Inc. magazines, the 12 most impactful books to read in 2018, with a cover endorsement by best-selling author Daniel Pink. We speak to Kimberly from her home in Austin, Texas. Welcome, Kimberly, to the Why It Works podcast, and thank you for being here. I'm so excited
1: to be here today and talk to you, Joe. I've been waiting for this for a long time.
0: Oh, I really appreciate that. I had the pleasure of meeting you recently at the NLV Conference in Atlanta, hosted by our dear friend and super talent, Sarah Elkins. And in a twist of fate, I won a copy of your book, I don't know if you remember, during one of the raffles.
1: Of course I
0: remember.
1: (laughs) I was thrilled it went to you. That was awesome.
0: So I think you know I'm a big fan of your book. Um, And the thing that struck me the most about it was how... The person I met at the conference, you know, the Kimberly Davis I met at the conference and the person that comes through in the, you know, reading of the book are so in sync.
1: Oh, I'm Um, so grateful for that, Joe. I mean, if you can't really talk about authentic leadership and have people not find you being authentic, right, that would be a problem.
0: That would be ironic.
1: (laughs) I mean, it happens. It happens a lot, but that would be, that would certainly be an obstacle, I think.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about how the book came about and what has happened since you released it?
1: Yeah, well, so I started a, a leadership program called On Stage Leadership um, back in 2008, a uh, really great time to start a new business, right? 2008, <laughs> collapsing. No, I decided to start this crazy, crazy leadership program that uh, uh, utilizes theater tools and um, and so I had been doing my work uh, through onstage leadership for a very long time, and then started doing work at SMU and everybody at SMU is Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas. and um, everybody kept saying, "You know these tools are fantastic. Where can we get our hands on?" more information about them. And I said, well, you know, unless you go and study theater, it's not really likely that you're going to find information that is going to be useful in a business setting. And so I've been noodling over the fact that I should write something for a long time. Mm. And um, so about six years into that journey, I decided to, uh, to test my own bravery and start blogging. I thought, well, you know, how could I how could I write a book if I'm not comfortable blogging? So I started blogging every day, and I was blogging every day for about two years. Wow. And uh, and and what it, that was a fantastic, Joe, because what it really did is it helped me hone my voice. It helped me build my writing muscles. It really helped me uh, build. It bridged my confidence, I think, in myself. And uh, I, what I what I thought blogging. Did really was, yes, I hope it made a difference to my audience, but it really made me a better me. So when I um, was getting ready to start the book, I had already developed the writing muscles and was writing regularly every day. And so I guess it was back in 2013, I think, when I started writing the book. I would love to tell you it was this really quick, elegant process. I've, I've written books on an airplane before that certainly was not the case for me. Uh Um, It was a long arduous process because I was really invested in this making a difference in people's lives. I I wanted to write this book to democratize a conversation because I'd been seeing people, you know, at at that point I had worked with thousands of people and I'd seen the difference that these tools could make in their lives. And when you, when you see people step into their power and to, to see how amazing they are, for sometimes for the first time. It's, it's an extraordinary process to be a part of. And so I was really invested in wanting this to be something that that could make a difference for people. But at the same time, I thought, well, I can't call my book on stage leadership. Nobody would know what that means, right? Mm-hmm. What, what does that mean if you picked it up at a bookstore? And so when I started really thinking about it, as, as I was in beginning the early stages of writing, I thought, well, you know, what is the commonality between all the people who are willing to be who they truly are powerfully, constructively, responsibly in this world, particularly in a work setting, right? And what I realized is that the one thing that everybody has in common who's willing to do that is their bravery. And so that led me down the brave leadership path the path. And it's been an extraordinary journey. I, I you know, I, I think, I think it's made me better every step of the way and I still have a long way to go. So who knows what happens from from here.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I didn't know all the details of that story. I'm so glad I had a chance to uh, talk to you about it.
1: Oh, it was, it was, it's been, it's been great fun. And I'm really glad that we had a chance to talk about it too, because there's so much ground. I want to cover it with you, Joe. We just don't have enough time.
0: Ah, we'll, we'll do our best. Okay. Let's get to know you a little bit better. Uh, tell us what you do now, but break it down as if you were explaining it to a five-year-old.
1: Yeah. So essentially, Joe, I get to give people permission to be who they truly are mm. and help them do that in a way that makes them more powerful in the world and helps them get better results. So that's pretty much it. It's it's teaching them how to enter situations uh, with a clear idea of the impact that they want to have and then give them strategies to have that impact. And I believe that great results are a byproduct of the impact that, that we have. So that's pretty much it.
0: Wow. Permission to be yourself. You know what I love? about asking this question to you, I ask the same question to all my guests, right? And, you know, I think they all know the, the reason is to distill it and, you know, make it very powerful to understand what you're doing. But the reason why I love asking this question to you is because five-year-olds instinctively are comfortable being who they are, right? Right. There's, there's a point somewhere in the education or our work or our adolescence where all of a sudden we're not We don't feel safe being ourselves anymore. That's
1: exactly right. That's exactly right. And and so if we can learn how to get past all those messages that that become those barriers to brave, then we can really step into our power and do something meaningful with our life. Make it make the difference that we're here to make.
0: Well, I'm so happy you're here today to talk about the topic of brave leadership, and let me tell you why. You don't have to look very far to find multiple articles and statistics showing that we're really at an all-time low in terms of employee engagement and sure. people's engagement at work. So whether companies started this change or employees did, the situation's not really great for anybody. And I think the topic of brave leadership is equally relevant whether you're you know, the employee or the boss. Yeah. What has been your experience of how people approach work and life differently when they're able to live brave leadership?
1: Well, I think they feel empowered to to take action. And, and I think it goes back to that permission, right, Joe? When you don't feel like you've got the power to take action towards making an impact, you don't often take that action. And so then you sit and you wait for situations to change, and you wait for other people to be different. And when you recognize the fact that you're clear about the impact that you want to have, and then you can, which allows you to then strategize and take action around the impact that you want to have, it, it allows you to move forward in your life. Um, and so what, what I've seen when people when people are able to truly live brave leadership is they feel a sense of power and thus their results are better. They're, they're moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. and, and when we're moving forward, it, it reinforces that, that sense of self-efficacy. It reinforces our, our, our belief in ourself. And I believe that the confidence is really, um, knowing that you can count on yourself. That's what I think that confidence is is and the, the origin of confidence and so if you're able to take clear action towards the, a clear impact that you are there to have then you know that you can count on yourself in the different in all the different situations that show up in your life, regardless of the obstacles, because you have a way to get yourself back on track. But see, most of us in life, Joe, we don't have a clear, specific focus of attention. We don't have a, a an idea of our purpose or or what the impact that we want to have is. And when you can't name it, it's hard to take action around it. So what I really get a chance to do is give people that sense of clarity. What is it that you stand for? What's the impact that you want to have? So that so when, they, when they're in the situations they face, that clarity of action allows them to take powerful action. And the other thing is, is it allows them to hold their, their own feet to the fire. So when they're not having the impact that they want to have in the different situations that they face, they can get themselves back on track. And oftentimes, what, when things go sideways, we don't have any sense of what to do to make it better. A lot of times we're emotionally hijacked or someone else is emotionally hijacked and we don't we don't know what action to take so we don't take any kind of action and when you have that clarity of focus it allows you to get back on track with yourself and thus your results are going to be better
0: well, what i love about what you're saying here kimberly is now i'm actually starting to think of it in terms of engagement not just at work but just engaged in your life in your life's path right like you know sometimes people feel stuck you know you use the word self-efficacy where you just feel like you know, you're not making a difference, you're not advancing, you're not moving forward. And maybe a lot of that is because we haven't figured out or done the sort of prep work to really figure out like, where we need to be. Um, And I can see how, if you line all those things up, it can make a real powerful difference in people's lives.
1: Absolutely. And Joe, you know, you talked about uh, the the disengagement at work right now. And what happens is when people don't feel like they know what to do, the disengagement Mm -hmm. continues. And Mm -hmm. so, um, you know, the world has changed so much in the last decade that we keep pointing our fingers to the companies that they need to change. Policies need to change. Things need to be different. But what the tools of brave leadership allow us to do is say, well, you know, in the face of nothing else changing, what can I do to engage myself, what can I do to take action around it, the impact that I wanna have? And I think it's an incredibly powerful thing for people.
0: Great. Well, I think that's a good segue into our first clip. Let's take a look at what can happen when others take an interest in helping us do more.
2: You know, I couldn't believe it when the bartender told me who you are. And I'm like Captain Pike, your father's son. Can I get another one? For my dissertation, I was assigned to USS Kelvin. Something I admired about your dad. He didn't believe in no-win scenarios. Sure learned his lesson. Well, uh, it depends on how you define winning. You're here, aren't you? Thanks. You know, that instinct to leap without looking, that was his nature, too. And in my opinion, some some Starfleet's lost. Why are you talking to me, man? Because I looked up your file while you were drooling on the floor. Your aptitude tests are off the charts, so what is it? You like being the only genius-level repeat offender in the Midwest? Maybe I love it. Look, so your dad dies, you can settle for a less-than-ordinary life. Or do you feel like you were meant for something better? Something special? Enlist in Starfleet. Enlist? <laughs> you guys must be way down on your recruiting quota for the month. Now if you're half the man your father was, Jim, Starfleet could use you. You can be an officer in four years. You can have your own ship in eight. You understand what the Federation is, don't you? It's important. It's a peacekeeping and humanitarian armada. We done? I'm done. Riverside Shipyard. Shuttle for new recruits leaves tomorrow 0800. Your father was captain of a starship for 12 minutes. He saved eight hundred lives, including your mother's and yours. I dare you to do better.
0: So, Kimberly, what do you see?
1: Oh, that's so good! That's so good. <laughs> I'm <hurting> goosebumps. <laughs> that was a great clip. Great choice, too. Uh, I mean, look at this. Look at the. Look at the difference. That, can, that, can, that, that one person can make. And this is what, one of the things I, I love and one of the things I talk to, to leaders quite often about is, is one of the most powerful things that we can do for somebody is to bridge their belief in themselves and mm-hmm. talk about a, a focus, right? Talk about that, that if that is your focus of attention, if that is the impact that you want to have to bridge someone's belief in themselves. Uh, when you look at the ripple effect of that, it's extraordinary, it's absolutely extraordinary. It's amazing.
0: So what would you say for people who are in a situation where, you know, they don't have that person to sort of be believing in them, right? Like we, we, we don't always have um, coaches and bosses who are really supporting us. What sort of approaches can we take to supplement or work with that, right? Because obviously, as long as we're there, it's not going to change. And we don't always have the option to change so easily in in terms of our employment. Um, What have you seen that kind of works for people or or things that they can do to sort of still bridge that?
1: Right. Well, and I think everything begins with getting that clarity of purpose. Everything begins with that. And Mm -hmm. the way to start drilling down on that, because purpose can feel like this huge, big hairball right (laughs) this giant thing to take (laughs) on i'm gonna try to figure out my purpose okay let me do the laundry instead because it's so big um but i think if you can begin with okay looking at what do you care about most period what do you care about most and why do you care Mm -hmm. so ask those two questions what do i care about most why do i care and then thinking about that then ask yourself Okay. What's the impact that I want to have? Who or what do I care about most? What do I care about most? Why do I care? And what's the impact I want to have? And if you can start really drilling down on those basic questions, they're not huge questions. They're very basic questions. Uh, You're really going to start putting yourself on a path to to success. And what's fascinating about this, Joe, is that Nine times out of ten, and and actually I would say ten times out of ten, what Mm -hmm. I've observed over the the past decade as I do this work with people is when people get clarity around, you know, what do I care about most, what's the impact I want to have, almost every single time their natural talents are embedded in that. Almost every single time their values are embedded in that. So if you can get clarity of purpose or what I call your super objective, if you can really get clear on this is what drives me, this is the impact I want to have, this is my super objective, it almost will always contain your your talents and your values. And so when you take action around having that impact, you're almost always using the best of who you are Mm. to accomplish that action right and you're almost always putting your values into action so what the the byproduct of that is people experience you as as genuine because your values are inherent in your purpose
0: yeah what i really love about what you're saying and and to tie it back to the clip we just saw captain kirk the young captain kirk yeah you know his purpose being you know to be this uh, captain of a, you know, starship, that lines up exactly with his skills, right? You know, right, he's like right. a genius and, and also his values and his ethics and integrity, which he has. Yes, had.
1: and you know what just came up for me as we were talking about this, Joe, mm-hmm. is that the, the, the key ingredient... So you're asking, you know, why do I care what's the impact I want to have? But the key ingredient is that you're putting your focus off of yourself because what could have easily happened. So let's mm-hmm. say I'm let's say I'm Jim Kirk and and I don't have this fantastic mentor to tell to bridge my confidence and what what's possible for me. I might go into the world and I think this is probably what was happening is to prove myself. And so that would be about me. I'd be trying to prove right. myself. I want to look good. I want people to like me. Be, it would be all about me, 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 right? The power in this work is really is shifting that and turning it around and saying, okay, it's not about me, uh, although it is my purpose. It's right. about the impact I want to have outside of me. What is the impact I want to have on Starfleet? What's the impact I want to have on the human beings? What's the impact I want to have on the universe if I'm Jim Kirker, right? Right? It's what's the impact I want to have outside of myself. That's where my true power lies. That's where I'm using my talents and my values and making an impact that the byproduct is great things will happen for me. But if I'm focusing on what's in it for me, you know, I'm going to get famous and I'm going to make lots of money and I'm going to prove myself and all of these things, then I don't have an opportunity to bring my, my best true self to the playing field.
0: Yeah, that resonates so much with me, Kimberly, and, and lots of other things I've, I've seen and thought about and read that purpose is really about your purpose as part of the overall collective society, universe, however you want to look at it. It's not like your purpose, like, where am I supposed to be standing at the end of the day? It's right, really right. how you connect and interact with others defines your purpose. It doesn't exist in a vacuum like just you running around exactly. in the room. Exactly.
1: It's, 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 it's bigger than you. It's bigger yeah. than you. It has to be. Right.
0: All right, so let's take a look at the impact that maybe some messages can have on us um, at a young age and how that can affect um, how we see our purpose and move through life. A <laughs> pro. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. You know, uh, you'll probably be about as good as I was. That's kind of the way it works, you know, and I, I, I was below average. You know, so, whoa. so you'll probably ultimately rank somewhere around there, you know, so. Really, uh, you'll excel at a lot of things, just not this. I don't want you out here shooting this ball around all day and night, all right? All right. Okay. All right, go ahead. Period.
1: Wow. You got me boo-hooing over here, Joe. Uh. <laughs> it was such a beautiful piece. It's-
0: yeah. So what do you feel? What do you see going on? You know, it's,
1: it's, it's so interesting because I don't think there's a human being on the planet who hasn't at some point received... A message about what they can't be, can't do, can't have, yeah. and um, and how often we live into those messages that we're we're given. And what I what I love about this example is that it's so clear that it really had nothing to do. That message had nothing to do with this little boy. The message had to do with his father, not. feeling like he was average and he, I mean, he was just imposing his own stuff on his child. Uh And, and so where truth was, there was no truth in this. It was just his father's feelings about himself, his own struggles and his own, his own self belief. And how often we allow that to determine our lives and how our lives play out. Somebody else's believe about themselves, right? Um, and so I, I always call these, these kind of things barriers to brave. I think these are the things that get in our way of really taking powerful action. And one of the reasons I think the super objective is so powerful is that when you are focusing on these messages, you can't help but shrink back to fit within the parameters of what you think you can do and you can not have, you can have, right? You can be. Um, and that's based on our history and the messages that we've received and all sorts of things. But when you, f- and so when you focus on that, you you make yourself small. You're not taking powerful action. If you can take your focus off of yourself though, this is where the super objective gets so powerful and think about the impact you want to have that automatically propels you forward. It doesn't, uh, those, those barriers to brave almost melt away because I kind of think of them almost like, Almost like the those electric those invisible electric pet fences, you know, uh-huh. that the yeah, dogs yeah. run into. You can't see them, but they they're there. And every time we bump into those messages, it hurts. We feel something. Yeah. You know? And uh, but if you can take your focus off of that, it allows us just to move right through without even feeling those feelings. So that's the power of the super objective. Is it really allows us to move through that? Now, you know beautiful thing about this clip is that the father was able to catch himself and reframe it. Uh, And so as leaders, as parents, as people of influence, all of us, every one of us, all the people that are listening, all of you, uh, we all have an opportunity to reframe it in the moment. And when we catch ourselves saying something like that, because we do, that's what it means to be human. You're going to say something stupid that's going to be hurtful to someone that's going to be limiting to them. But look how powerful it can be if you reframe it, and it will just change that person's narrative.
0: Yeah, I, I did a earlier interview with someone who's a psychologist, and, you know, he was like, Joe, we're all going to mess up our kids. <laughs> 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 I know the list is long. <laughs> you you know, but I, I, I do believe, you know, one of the greatest gifts, you know, one of the greatest gifts we can give our kids is uh, instilling in them or maybe not creating barriers to their belief of what they can be, what they can do. And also what I'm learning today from you is that even if you didn't have that benefit by doing some of your own work with the super objective, it's not like, you know, you're destined. You right,
1: know, right, right, to right, right. And work. I think that's, that's, some, that's, that's something that people tend to believe that, that, y- you know, you Whatever your childhood is, that kind of defines what 's possible for you and unless you 're one of the lucky ones, right, mm-hmm. and somebody comes and saves the day, mm-hmm. but you can save your own day and mm-hmm. and 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 it 's not an all or nothing thing and this is the thing that I think is really powerful about this work is that you know, we think that someday we're going to arrive and we're going to be over our own stuff, and you're never going to get over your own stuff. You know, you're going to carry your stuff with you for the rest of your life, right? This is what it means to be human. woo right? Um, but – in every situation you face, every time you can shift your focus off of you and think, what's the impact I want to have, it allows you to step into your power and take brave action. And, and as your confidence builds because you learn that you can count on yourself, you can do that more and more and more. And then the situations where you mess it up because you will, you get a chance to do it again. And so every situation we face is a do-over. You know, every situation we face, we get a chance to take powerful action or not and to reassess, was that in alignment with my best self? Yes or no. What could I do better? You know, what what does this other person need from me to experience me as someone who is authentic, who's worthy of their trust and who's genuine? Am I doing that? Am I paying attention to what they need from me? Yes or no. You know, am I able to have the impact I want to have? Yes or no. If you didn't, great. Great clean it up do something different but staying mindful in every situation we face is it's like it's like winning the lottery because we get a chance to do it again and again and again and again we never run out of opportunities
0: yeah i i i love that cuz that present moment is the only one that you have right the past exactly. is gone it's it's done the future is going to arrive later you can't do the future you're just all you can do is do your best in that moment you have right in front of you
1: right Right. And I, you know, I I like to tell people it's all about baby steps, right? You know, because when I wrote my book, I didn't look at it as I'm going to write a book because that would have shut me down in a heartbeat. (gasps) Okay, today I'm going to write this paragraph and then I'm going to write this blog and then I'm going to write this chapter, right? it was just one little step at a time. What's the impact I want to have in this moment? Okay, great. Move on from there. Because I think if we if we look at our lives, like I want to be famous, I want to be, I want to change the world, I, whatever these big dreams are, uh-huh. uh, we we get stymied by the enormity of it all. Yeah. you know. And so, how do you make it accessible to yourself? You focus on what can you do right now, mm-hmm. to back, right at this very moment.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. What can you do right now? Yeah. So next up, we have a Kimberly Davis special. Uh, oh, no. Very uh, f- a blast from your past. So uh, let's take a look at an exercise and maybe you oh, can this one. sort of bridge it for us. We're
2: gonna do. Okay. Uh, We're gonna do. Right. we gonna do
0: the, the, in the mirror
2: thing where okay. you know, we repeat. We do okay. repetition. Okay, repetition. Okay. 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 So now, just get keep. Foot grounded. All right. Yeah, so, okay. so what we're gonna do is, okay. I'm gonna start it off. Okay. I'm gonna say something and you repeat what I say. Okay. Okay, this star. Star. And you got to do exactly what I'm doing. Okay, okay. You gotta do everything I'm doing. All right, you know, okay. 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 alright T-shirt. T-shirt. Circle. Circle. that way I'm going <laughs> I'm like, what you doing? okay you gotta follow everything okay. I okay. do okay all right now Jeans. jeans you breathing heavy You're breathing heavy razor stubble razor stubble you are turn like you do okay and I'll follow you Breathe, 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 What? 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 Excuse me? 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 Oh no! Oh no! I you did. Oh no! I know you did. I oh, know no, you, oh, no, you did. I know you did. I know you did. I know you did. I know you did. Okay. 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 okay, 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 all right. All right. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Okay then. 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 Right. Excuse, excuse me. You box, can you bring your voice down a little no, bit? Excuse me. Can you bring your voice down a little excuse bit? Excuse me. Can you bring your voice down a little excuse bit? Excuse me. Can you bring your voice down a little excuse bit? Are you talking to me? you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? you have to say everything I said? Do you have to say everything I said you have to say everything I said You have to say everything. Oh come on, brother. Oh please. Oh come on, brother. Please. Oh come on, brother. Oh please. Oh come on, brother. Oh please. Oh please. Oh please. Oh please. Oh please. Oh please. Oh please.
0: so uh kind of explain to the audience a little bit what you saw here what this is and
1: uh yeah so this is an acting exercise this is called the mirror exercise so when you sit across from someone you mirror everything that they do and say and, uh, and so it's, it, this exercise accomplishes quite a bit, actually, jo. it accomplishes, it's a great focus of attention because mm-hmm. you've got to be so focused. You've got to be so present with the other person in order to be able to do to, particularly to ca- to capture them, the real um, subtlety of what they're doing and what they're saying, um, and how they're doing it and how they're saying it. Uh, so um, it's, a, it's an exercise in focus of, and, and presence, being really present with someone and listening fully and, and just reacting. And the other thing that this does is, when you're that present with someone else, you can't be uh, you can't be thinking about yourself at all. You can't be a, um, you can't be trying to edit yourself. You can't be trying to um, you're you're not self conscious because you you have to be so fully in the moment that uh, that that it allows you to it allows you to free yourself really to, uh, to do the exercise. So it's a, it's a really it's this was a hilarious example. You know, <laughs> watching this and listening to this, you really need to watch the clip because it's it's awesome. Um, but it, I think it it speaks to the power of being present with someone, yeah. really yeah. being so present uh, that you lose yourself in the moment.
0: Yeah, I think there's something magical about that. I think when we meet people who are like that, we may not understand that that's why they feel so different. And Mm -hmm. almost it's like they're vibrating at a different sort of level, you know, like you can just see that this person is just so truly them. And I feel like if you operate in that mode where you give that off to other people, people start to really see who you are. And Support you and, and want you to be more of you because you're not hiding behind some sort of mask.
1: I totally agree. And, and, and I think what, so, it could be confusing in using this exercise because what I'm suggesting is you get so present that you lose yourself, right? And you're really mm-hmm. focused on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not suggesting in real life that you go and mirror the people. No, that no. <laughs> I would not be authentic. They'd be like, why are you copying me? That yeah, feels yeah. weird. Right. But it's that you are so present that you lose yourself in, in, and in, in the way that you listen to them and the way that you are, that you are with them from an energy, like you said, from an energy perspective yeah. that you are free to just be, be who you are.
0: Well, you know where I see that a lot? Um. Kimberly, and, and I see that a lot in myself when I'm trying to have conversations at work, at home, or even on this podcast. If I'm really present, I'm just listening to you. I'm not worried about what I'm going to say next. I'm not trying to come up with something. I'm just listening to Kimberly. I'm absorbing all the goodness, all the insights. And then when it's time for me to speak, I don't worry about it. I just speak. But
1: you're not self-conscious. You. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And, and that's difficult To do because we're often trying to sound so smart or have the next comment and we spend all this time trying to think while the other person's sharing and and we catch maybe 25 30 percent of that
1: which which the irony is is we want it's that perfectionism we're trying to be so perfect when we're thinking in our head and everything but it has the opposite effect because what it does is it totally dissipates our power it totally creates a barrier to connection Um, It does all of the opposite things that we're trying to accomplish in working so hard to think about doing it right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's take a look at our next clip where you're super objective and living your purpose um, has some pretty high stakes from a political perspective. Well, people
2: can't pay their mortgages manufacturing industry is practically on its knees. Honest, hard-working, decent people are losing their homes. It's terribly but shameful. The point is, Prime Minister, we must moderate the pace it's of reform. If report. we even have a hope of winning the next election. Oh,
0: right,
2: yes. worried about our careers, are we? Really? Oh, that's quite absurd. Gentlemen, if we don't cut spending, we will be bankrupt. Yes, the medicine is harsh, but the patient requires it in order to live. Should we withhold the medicine? No! We are not wrong. We did not seek election and win in order to manage the decline of a great nation. The people of this country chose us because they believe we can restore the health of the British economy and we will do just that. Barring a failure of nerve. Anything else? Prime Minister. Prime right, You have saved the day once again, Croffy. You're
0: an angel. You can't just close down a conversation because it's not what you wish to hear.
2: Oh, Geoffrey, I don't expect everyone to just sit there and agree with me. But what kind of leader am I if I don't try to get my own way? Do what I know to be right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. but, Margaret. one must be careful not to test one's colleagues' loyalties.
0: So what did you see here? What's your reaction? Oh, there's
1: so much going on in this little clip. Um, I love that this is such a great example of what happens in survival mode. Uh, All of the gentlemen were looking at surviving, Uh and all of their actions were falling out of that. It was all about how do I survive the next election. Right? Yeah. What do people think about me? It's all about me, 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 really, whereas she had to carry the torch for what is it really about for us as a country, for Britain as a country. Um, so what I also think that was interesting, though, so I th- what having that clarity of purpose, right, is yeah. what allowed her to take such a strong stance. It allowed her to push through and speak for truth right because she was so absolutely clear because otherwise it they were pretty forceful in their their opinions and in their sure. arguments and so if she didn't have such clarity of purpose it would have been e- easy to wither and pull back and say well okay you know whatever you think and and so I think th- that just shows the power of clarity of purpose but the other thing that was interesting too is that um, I, I thought at the at the very end where he was, I, I don't remember the actual language he used, but it, where he talked about, we can't just shut people down and do it our way. Uh-huh. I think that's a really good point in that we can be very clear about our purpose, but we have to also be very clear about how we show up with other people in order to achieve that purpose, right? Uh-huh. And what do they need from us from their own vantage point to experience us as genuine, as worthy of trust, as reliable, and as believable—how I define authentic—so they experience us as the authentic. Because the truth is, is we have we have to work through people to get things done.
0: Mm-hmm. So we
1: can't just force our own purpose and the way we want to do things down other people's throat. Otherwise, they're not going to play nice with us in the sandbox. And um, I, I think it's it's a great lesson in, in a number this has so many great lessons. It's about how do you get out of survival mode? Mm -hmm. Um, How do you you have that clarity of purpose to take a stand against some pretty strong voices? And then how do you make sure that you're being heard by the people that you need to hear you so you can get what you need done done so you can have the influence you want to have? So it's not just my way or the highway.
0: Yeah. One thing, Kimberly, I'm taking away from what you're saying is, There's a lot of things that a leader needs to have, and it's not good enough just to have one of them, right? Like you have to have that purpose and that integrity that people respect. You have to have the ability to connect and persuade and bring people along in a way that, you know, you keep your integrity, but you don't alienate people. When you have all those things, I feel like that's When we feel like, wow, I really loved working for that person or that person's an amazing leader. We don't realize why, but I feel a lot of the things you're pointing out are sort of the foundation of the distinction between a great leader that people will follow to the ends of the earth versus a great leader, which we will follow until our stock options best.
1: Right, exactly. That's a really great observation.
0: All right. Well, let's take a look at our last clip. Um, You know, we're talking about brave leadership today, and let's take a look at uh, some aspects of fear.
1: Come on, son.
2: What's it going to be? Speed or jail?
0: Grandpa, would you like to take us fishing and tell us life lessons and stories about your childhood?
2: I got a better idea. Why don't you boys go dig a hole, and I'll get another beer.
0: Someone didn't love you enough when you were little, did they?
2: Good call. There, that's worth a nickel.
0: Tragic. Oh,
2: son of a bitch, son of a bitch, son of a bitch. Whew. Oh, man. Oh, man. 116. 116! I'm going fast again! <laughs> <laughs> Good going fast, doesn't it? By the way, don't try and snort these Lucky Charms, Reese.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think, Kimberly?
1: Uh, well, fear can be a great motivator. Um, yeah. So, the, the thing about fear as a motivator is, I think fear is can can ignite us. Uh In doing, um, action that could be powerful and positive. I don't think fear is a constant tool is actually a positive thing for us. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So my suspicion is, uh, yeah. So Ricky Bobby was able to get back in the game because of the fear. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but if he were to use that as his motivator for the rest, for all of his racing career, Mm -hmm. then probably wouldn't be very successful. And, and, um, And we, we see fear used as a tool a lot, right? But uh, initially it's going to get a lot of attention and then it's going to cause, it could cause a lot of problems. So fear is not a great long-term strategy. In fact, it could be very uh, damaging. Um, But I, I mean, I've used fear for myself. So I will, I will agree to something that feels way before beyond my reach, you know, I'm I'm Mm going to be doing a a keynote for 3000 people in October. And that's definitely the biggest audience I've spoken to. And, um, and I agreed to it and okay, so we're going to make it happen. Right. So, you know, I do something that's way outside my comfort zone. I'll say yes to it. And that will force me to rise to the occasion. Right. Um, but if I bring fear into that situation, I'm not going to be able to perform at my best, right? So I can use fear as a tool to get me, to get me going, right? To, to, to push me into a new, new place with it. But if I bring fear into the whole process and if I bring fear into the situation itself, I'm going to totally dissipate my own power and not be able to be as good as I could possibly be. So, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think the interesting thing about fear is it's, it's an emotion that exists for a reason. And depending on the way we use it, um, it can be beneficial or not. Right. Cause you could, you could look at it in the sense of if we're never afraid, we're never really doing anything that's pushing our boundaries. Right. Like, right. Right. Anything great that anyone has ever accomplished that goes beyond where they are, they're going to be a little bit afraid at first. You have to, it's almost part of the process, right? But to your, your, your additional point, if you allow that fear to consume you, then it actually stops you from accomplishing that.
1: Well, that and if you look at fear, right? Fear is, is you're, you're focused on yourself if you're mm-hmm. feeling fear, yes. right? But we can't take powerful action if we're focused on ourself. So the way you move through that fear and into powerful action is shift your focus off of yourself. What's the impact you want to have? And that's what allows you to take powerful, powerful, powerful action. But as long as you're focused on your own fear, um, you're only focused on yourself and you really can't. I mean, what's going to happen is the amygdala in your brain, which is your brain center for emotion management, its job is to keep you alive. So it's gonna continue working in, in overdrive. It's gonna continue sending cortisol right through your body. So you're going to feel all of those body sensations. You're gonna, the your brain chatter is gonna be negative. It's going, to, it's going to become the biggest obstacle, the biggest barrier to brave that you could think of. So in order to get through that, you have to find a way to shift your focus off of yourself.
0: What I love about what you're saying and what I think is so powerful is, you know, you can see a situation where, let's say, a woman is in a situation where there's, she's camping and there's a dangerous animal there and she's very scared, right? Right. So so that could be really fearful. However, you take that same woman, same situation, same dangerous animal, and that woman has a small child that she needs to protect. Right. That's totally, like, she may react totally differently and just because she's focused on protecting her child, not just on protecting herself. It's a totally different sort of response or or scenario.
1: Right, right. And she's going to probably be uh, more apt to take powerful action in that because otherwise she's just focused on her own survival and she's going to probably flee or freeze or fight, which none of those in the face of a dangerous animal might be the right thing to do. (laughs) So
0: So I'm curious, you know, when you are um, doing something new, uh, what are some sort of practical things that you do to sort of, mitigate the fear or, or, or deal with the fear? Because I know in the last few years, you know, you've been growing tremendously and, and facing new challenges. What are some things that you found that, been, that have been helpful to you?
1: Well, it's always taking my focus off of myself, and it's always focusing on the impact I want to have on the other person or people or the environment or the culture or the conversation or the community, whatever it happens to be, off of myself. What's the impact I want to have in that moment? That is truly my greatest strategy. And and mm-hmm. so even when I'm writing now and I find myself stuck and I'm, and I'm kind of in a, it just feels like a slog, I will stop and I will ask myself, you know, I will think of some of the people I know who read my work all the time who have now become like dear, dear friends you know, mm-hmm. because we're in conversation with this this content all the time and I'll think about what's the impact I want to have on that specific person when she reads this or when he reads this this sentence and now all of a sudden I've stopped I get out of my own head and I'm focusing on them and it will automatically free me to write something that's about them, that's, that's focused on them. Um, so for me, it really is all about shifting my focus. And sometimes I'm more successful than other times. But, you know, when you learn, learn how you personally show up in the face of stress and anxiety and overwhelm and ambiguity and vulnerability and fear and all of these things that, that are those heightened emotions, if you can learn your, to know yourself well enough and know your own red flags – you know, what, what is it you tell yourself when you're up against it? What is it, what's showing up in your body? Do you get muscle uh, tension in your shoulders and your neck and your hands? You know, what, what is it specifically when you can learn to recognize those red flags, what it can be is it can be a, a clue for you that your focus is on you.
0: And uh-huh. now
1: it'll, it'll remind you, it'll, those you look at those me- those as messages, as reminders to shift your focus. So when I'm speaking, for example, and I'm, I hear that little voice in my head that says, "Oh, you know, do I look stupid or what do they think? I can't tell if they like this or not." You know, when I hear that little voice in my head, I know that my focus is on me, uh-huh, uh-huh. and that in order for me to be to to have the impact I want to have, to be as powerful as I can be, I need to shift my focus and I will, immediately be fo- I will immediately find someone in the audience and I will focus all my attention on that person and on having an impact on that person in that moment. And those feelings will dissipate. Those feelings will move right through me. And now I can, now I can do the work that I'm there to do. But as long as the focus is on me, Joe, as long as I'm trying to prove myself or want to look good or want people to like me or any of those things... I'm not able to to do my best work. It's just not possible.
0: You know, Kimberly, um, we've covered a lot of great content today. I think that if you just take away that tip from our discussion, right, the ability to focus on others, to to overcome that fear in the moment, it's so helpful and I and that resonates with me like completely and in times where I try to do something new or or do some public speaking or presenting and and one thing you said that really resonated to me is that voice in your head if you listen to it they're all I statements right they're all me centered like what will they think of me what if what if I fail what if I'm you're not thinking about anyone else you're just thinking about yourself and it it feeds this really sort of negative cycle of, of fear versus what you do is you switch it, right? What right. do, what does this person need, right? Exactly. How can I be to serve them, to help them to make this the best X, Y, or Z that they'll see this year? Totally exactly. different approach. It's very powerful.
1: Well, and that works on, it works up and down the ladder. You know, people are like, well, I can see how it works with my director reports, but with my boss, you know, it, 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 every human being has their own set of needs. What does that pr- particular person that's in front of you need from you? Mm -hmm. To experience you as someone who's genuine, who's worthy of their trust, what do they need from you? If you can focus on, on that, it will change everything for you.
0: Great. Kimberly, it's been a real treat to talk to you and hear your expertise on brave leadership. What things are you working on and how can our audience learn more about you?
1: Well, I am traveling uh, like a crazy person these days, Joe. I think I mentioned to you earlier, I I didn't remember where I was uh, (laughs) on Monday. Yeah, like, where am I? Um, So, right now, I'm having the great joy of being able to talk to a lot of people about this conversation. And that's really been um, an extraordinary experience because I believe, I mean, the reason I did this is I wanted to democratize. Brave. I wanted to everyone to recognize that they are far more brave than they know, and uh, and to join the conversation because I don't believe that brave uh, works in a vacuum. That we need each other, and the more that we can talk and connect with each other around these these conversations, the better. Uh, the better we can all be and keep ourselves mindful, right? Because otherwise, we get stuck in our own stuff. Um, And so uh, the best way to to reach me, I'm all over social media, as you know. That's how we met. So I'm all over LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I've got um, a Kimberly Davis author Facebook page. And I'm writing almost every day. And I'm uh, in the thick of this conversation with thousands of people. And it is the greatest joy of my life because I'm a better person because of it.
0: Wow. That's great. And I'll share all that information uh, with our listeners in the show notes.
1: Wonderful. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Kimberly, for sharing your insights on why it works.
1: What a joy this has been. Thank you so much for having me on, Joe.
0: Oh, thank you. If you've been enjoying why it works, there are a few ways you can help. Leave a rating and comment on your favorite podcast service like iTunes or Stitcher. Two, tell a friend what you learned. And three, show your support by becoming a sponsor or leaving a tip. At www.patreon.com/slash whyitworks. That's www.patreon.com/slash whyitworks. Thanks and see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Why It Works. For more information about Joe Quan Coaching, as well as access to my articles, videos, and podcasts, visit joekwanzhou.com. And stay tuned for our next Why It Works adventure.